Welcome to another episode of the Alter Your Health Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. If this is your first time listening, hello and welcome. We value your time and energy and hope you receive a lot from tuning in. As a listener-supported show, we rely on you to help us grow. We'd be so grateful if you share the show or a favorite episode with a friend or fellow health seeker. Living a healthy and nourishing life doesn't always come easily, especially in today's crazy world. But that's why we're here, doing what we love, hopefully helping you along with information and inspiration that fuels your health pursuits. If you're looking for more support, consider subscribing to the monthly Meal Guide membership. Just $11 per month gets you access to a weekly meal guide filled with healing and delicious whole food plant-based recipes, along with invitations to our regularly scheduled support calls where we can connect, answer questions, and keep the good vibes flowing in our healthy lives. You can learn more at www.alter.health slash meal dash guides. And if you're looking for more in-depth support, check out our other services. We offer both one-on-one consulting as well as educational programs. All of our current offerings are listed at www.alter.health. Our ultimate goal is to empower you to heal yourself. Keeping with that theme, let's dive into today's show. Hello and welcome to today's Wisdom Wednesday on the All to Your Health podcast. I'm Dr. Susanna. And Dr. Ben here. And we're both naturopathic doctors who support individuals in reversing disease and reclaiming optimal health through whole food plant-based nutrition and mind-body medicine. And welcome to another episode of the podcast, Wisdom Wednesday, where we get to discuss mind and thought and consciousness and the brain-body connection. And uh, that's really the the topic of today's episode. I thought it would be great to talk about the brain-body connection uh, because all of these these conversations that we've had about, you know, victimhood and like what have we talked about in the past, um, our experiences and kind of, uh, you know, feeling our emotions and just... The inside Nav- out, the outside in reality, yeah, the inside na- out reality. Navigating through life. And the intention, of course, is to feel peace. And sometimes I, f- I forget how um, we, we fail to bring it back to the, the topic of our physical health and well-being. Of course, like feeling peaceful, we all want to have more peace in our life and experience more peace and more joy and more good stuff. Uh, but the implications of that with regard to our physiology and our experience of health um, are really important. So sometimes when we draw these connections, we are empowered. And especially as, uh, when we also understand where our human experience is coming from, we're also empowered. And these these are very important things in the context of, you know, the disease reversal journey and the journey towards more optimal health. Because it's really, in my perspective, kind of an uphill battle if we are constantly, you know, for lack of a better term, just chronically stressed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And luckily, there are so many more doctors and practitioners talking about the brain-body connection, or, you know, more specifically, they're, they're asking their clients or patients about their stress levels and maybe doing some amount of education that, okay, well, your stress level, you know, is probably not helping whatever physical condition yeah. you're experiencing. But, you know, generally where the conversation then goes is to help with that, either, you know, seek a counselor or try some breath work or try some meditation or, you know, there, there's there's practices that are 
often prescribed to help bring more mindfulness, to help bring down stress levels. And actually, we have a different approach. And you've gotten a taste of it in our Wisdom Wednesday calls here. Really, you know, our approach is not to be prescriptive with uh, certain practices, even though, you know, there's definitely a lot to be said about breath work and its effects on the nervous system. But what we've witnessed has had a more lasting effect in creating more peace and reducing stress sustainably moving forward is simply understanding where the human experience comes from, understanding Mm -hmm. where stress comes from. And when we understand automatically what happens is we understand we see things and the result is that we don't get worked up as easily yeah we're we're no longer victim of our external circumstances we're empowered in our life uh but i i really wanted to talk thanks for for that little introduction i really Mm -hmm. wanted to talk about the brain body connection some scientific stuff and i use this term brain body connection instead of mind body connection uh just because really you know it's the brain body connection. It's our, it's the, ner- the, the wiring of our nervous system. And the technical scientific term is psychoendoneuroimmunology, the, the connection between our psychology, our thoughts, state of mind with our neurology, uh, the, the branches of the autonomic nervous system, our endocrinology, our hormones that are then activated, and our immunology, the activation or suppression of our immune system. And this, of course, has uh, effects on our respiratory rates, our digestive function, our immune activation, our blood sugar regulation. All of these things are connected via this brain-body psychoendoneuroimmunology connection. Um, whereas mind, I don't know about you, Susanna, but when I think about mind, I think about how mind is kind of the, the force that is present in all fragments of life and our, our being, you know, so mind is present and wisdom is present in ourselves. That is kind of that, that force that's constantly guiding our, our cells, constantly guiding our, our um, physiology in that kind of balancing act. So, yeah. And one, one uh, little quote that I've heard, I don't, I don't know who like said it, but I've heard it said that our cells are constantly eavesdropping on our thoughts and state of mind and emotions. And that really, in a nutshell, talks about really what what I wanted to discuss today is how our cells are eavesdropping the, the scientific connective connections, the processes by which our cells, our physiology is constantly connected with and eavesdropping on our thoughts and state of mind. And with that kind of knowing and understanding, it's like, oh, maybe I should be more mindful of my state of mind. Maybe I should allow myself to be more sensitive to my emotions so that I don't get super worked up and then suppress things and get all bottled up. And it's like, because you can't hide that from our physiology, our physiology doesn't lie in it. Another thing, another thing that's coming to mind is the the book, The Body Keeps the Score, right? And that really kind of in a nutshell also encapsulates this message of the body doesn't lie. Like you can't hide anything from the wisdom of the body. And that's a really awesome thing because it allows us to be constantly connected with truth, 
constantly connected with like a barometer of what's going on in our in our state of mind, our consciousness, and thereby we can respond and understand and really be a partner and an ally in our healing process rather than our mind and thoughts and emotions being this kind of obstacle that oftentimes we experience being the case. Yeah. And can I share a recent example of the brain body connection and action? Because, you know, we've all experienced it. There's not one of us that has not experienced the brain body connection. We just need to look for examples. Right. And my most recent kind of blaring example was on Monday, I was flying from New York to Colorado. And in Colorado, we've had like the windiest spring. It's crazy. It's it's actually in the in the records, I believe. It's been one of the windiest springs since some um, some year. I don't know. Yeah, the night before Susanna flew, there were there's like tons of trees that flew flew down or fell down. There were like 30 mile an hour sustained winds with gusts up to like 60 or mm-hmm. 65. Anyway, anyway, usually I'm not afraid of turbulence. Usually I actually find turbulence to be a little bit comforting, kind of like, like turbulence in the air, turbulence <laughs> in the air. Oh yeah. Being in an airplane, turbulence in the air. It's like being rocked as a little baby. I, sometimes I really like that, but this amount of turbulence was beyond my comfort level. And I experienced the brain body connection in many ways. My heart was pounding out of my chest. My stomach was, you know, just like, like my, my digestive system was just like clamped down, you know, butterflies, nervousness, like icky nausea. Um, I was literally like jumping and grabbing uh, the handles of my seat and what was the content of my thinking at that time? Well, it was, gosh, I really hope I don't die. I really don't want to die. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I was really in fear mode. Uh, that was probably the most afraid I've ever been on an airplane. But I mean, how that translated to how I felt in my body. Yeah. I mean, even after the flight, I my whole nervous system felt wired. And- but that's a great example of acute stress and mm-hmm. uh, the activation of the acute stress response, otherwise known as the sympathetic stress response that, you know, leads to activation and, and release of adrenaline and cortisol. And the whole the whole mechanism and intention behind that sympathetic stress response is giving your uh, body access to blood flow and energy so that you can literally escape and survive. So if the plane did crash, then you better hope that you've got the activation of the sympathetic nervous system so that you can get what you need to and go and have kind of the the clear thinking and the open wide eyes to to navigate the circumstance. Uh, But the plane didn't crash, fortunately. (laughs) And you were able to allow yourself to glide back down into default state of mind, default state of nervous system. And uh, it's it's a great metaphor, I think, because a lot of people are navigating life day, day by day and feeling the, the turbulence kind of chronically. Um, a low, maybe a low grade turbulence, like not like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna die. <laughs> but, you know, stressful thoughts around relationships, around work around health, around symptoms, around, uh, you know, you name it, right? Around the, there's a lot of things that we can point our awareness and think about and have doomsday scenarios 
And again, you know, maybe it's not like an existential big event and it's not like a panic attack. You know, I think panic attacks are pretty awesome to be quite honest, because our bot, we're really sensitive to it so that we can like respond accordingly. But a lot of people, again, have this kind of low grade chronic stress that just becomes normal. Mm -hmm. And it's like their norm, the, the, the turbulence is kind of normal. Um, and, uh, our intention is to make peace normal, which is the parasympathetic branch of the autonomic nervous system. We've got two branches of the autonomic nervous system and the sympathetic is there to keep us alive in kind of survival situations. The parasympathetic branch of the autonomic nervous system is really our, our default state of functioning. Um, that's the quote unquote rest and digest and also heal and regenerate and all of the things detoxify all of the things that are critical for our healing process or regenerative process happen when we have the parasympathetic branch activated, which makes sleep so important because for a lot of people, sleep is really the only time when the parasympathetic branch of the autonomic nervous system can be fully activated because of the chronic stress in day-to-day waking life. Um, so, but hopefully uh, we can be in a regenerative state of mind, regenerative state of physiology uh, while we're awake and while we're moving through our life. Yeah, that's kind of my intention is to 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 have the parasympathetic branch activated, which is associated with kind of release of digestive enzymes, digestive functioning, bowels moving. Um, of course, our decrease in blood pressure, decrease in regulation of blood sugar. It's like we don't need to be running and, and active so we can put all that energy, put all those resources to the regenerative potential that we all really have built into ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And to really understand the impact that this chronic stress, this chronic low grade stress can have on our physiology long term, we simply just need to look at what the sympathetic responses are to stress. And in that acute example that I gave where, you know, I really was feeling like, oh, my gosh, am I going to die? A few things happen. Heart rate increases breath rate increases, blood pressure increases. Also, I imagine shallow breathing. Uh-huh. Digestion shuts down. Um, blood glucose actually rises. These are all ways, they're all methods for the body to prepare itself. Yeah, to I already said to... that. I know. <laughs> but, but if we think of what you haven't said is okay. when these physiological processes are happening long term, there's no survival advantage. That doesn't help us long-term. It doesn't help us to have high blood pressure chronically every day. It doesn't help us to have a higher heart rate or shallow breathing or uh, you know, impaired digestion on a daily basis. No, that's the antithesis of healing. Right. So yes, I, I think that it's a great segue into the acute stress response, which we're all so familiar with the turbulence on the airplane with the consequences of the chronic stress response, the chronic activation of the sympathetic nervous system. And I think the biggest issue is chronic hormonal dysregulation. Uh, otherwise, maybe 
some people would know it as hypercortisolemia, high levels of cortisol, which uh, of course are is kind of like the stress hormone. Not that it's a bad thing. We all have a, a normal rhythm of cortisol, or we should have this normal rhythm that is in part for dictating and guiding our circadian rhythm. But when we have high cortisol throughout the day, then that disrupts and interferes with the all the other hormonal um, uh, signals that are being sent in kind of rhythmic fashion. Uh, so the hypercortisolemia, the adrenal stress, and all, all of those things really kind of set the stage for chronic hormonal imbalances. Of course, like you were saying, when our, when our stress response is activated, we're not going to be digesting, absorbing, assimilating the nutrients from our foods. Um, you know, of course, we're, we're also going to be in a tense place kind of muscularly. So if we think about like the tension headaches that we might have, that's also happening on in our vascular system because our vascular system, our blood vessels are wrapped with muscles. So we have kind of a chronic constriction of our vascular system, which impedes proper fluid, healthy, relaxed blood flow, um, which raises our blood pressure, creates more turbulence and causes endothelial dysfunction and kind of that sets the stage for more of an inflammatory response. And speaking of inflammation, the high level of cortisol is, uh, uh, you know, suppressive of our chronic immune system. Um, we know that of our, of our a, a chronic high levels of cortisol suppresses our immune system. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's kind of a side effect, right. Of taking cortisol, taking steroids, uh, pharmaceutically. Mm -hmm. So these are significant consequences for, for being in a stressed state of mind. And maybe it leads, uh, you to feel stressed about stress, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, but the good news is the really good news is like what you were kind of starting this conversation talking about Susanna is that stress is not our default state of mind. Peace is our default state of mind. And really, when we understand where stress comes from, which is just kind of taking our thoughts seriously, then we can, the way I, I just visualize like changing the channel on the TV. Like it's, it's like I'm scrolling through and I, and I get fixated on some TV show and it's, it's stressful. It's a stressful thing. And it's like, but it's kind of amusing. I'm absorbed in it, but literally in any moment I can turn off the TV or change the channel look out a different window is another good metaphor and have a completely different experience. And then my cells are able to able to eavesdrop on something, you know, more harmonious. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, rather than, I mean, the typical approach to decreasing stress is to talk about stress management practices. Like we mentioned, breath work, meditation, yoga, et cetera. Yeah. What's your favorite way to man? eliminate stress Susanna personally like as a practice <laughs> no I mean what's your what's your favorite way to eliminate or experience more peace well what's worked reliably and the best for me is actually to do less of those practices and to spend time understanding where stress really comes from and you know I think it's so easy for us to look outside and say, well, my stress comes from my work, or my stress comes from my relationship, or my stress comes from my kids, or my stress comes from um, all of the current events right now, or whatever it is. But the empowering missing link 
in what actually causes stress is understanding that it's actually not those outside things that are leading to your stress. It's just your perception of those things. Mm. It's just your thinking about those things. Mm. So if we go back to my plane example, when I was in a plane, well, I mean, these pilots are very experienced. The plane would not even be flying if they thought the conditions were dangerous enough that it would lead to a crash. I told this to Susanna when she was in Denver about to board her second flight. And I was like, pilots got this under control. This they. This is their bread and butter. They fly in the wind all the time. Yeah. Was I actually in a life-threatening situation where I needed to activate my sympathetic nervous system? No. But my state of mind thought I was. The quality, once again, the, the content of my mind was literally like, oh my gosh, I've never been in this much turbulence. I might die. I don't want to die. I want to live. And, you know, just, just over and over and over again, working me up, working my nervous system up. And, you know, that's kind of an acute, extreme example. But we can look at every occurrence throughout the day, even the most mundane situations, and mm-hmm. see examples of where we blame our stress and experience on what's happening outside of ourselves and yeah. not looking at what our perception of those occurrences are. Yeah. And what I hear you saying, Susanna, is that the stressful thinking that you had on the airplane, you became aware of that and you kind of allowed yourself the dignity of that process to have that experience. But you also had the knowing that the stressful experience was coming from the stressful thinking. And I mean, I think that, I don't know if that's the best example to be quite honest, because that is like that acute sort of scenario, like, you know, a car accident or, or something where it's like, there might there, there's a reason for, for like, again, like if that plane crashed, like there's a reason why you want good, healthy heart rate and blood pressure. And there's a reason why you want your digestive organs to stop functioning because there's other priorities for survival. Right. So what's a good chronic stress example? Well, the good chronic stress example is just, uh, you know, blame playing the blame game for our emotional experience, not taking responsibility, you know, and I think that when we're in the cycle of trying to manage our life and manage thereby manage our stress, like, you know, fix our work hours, fix our child care scenario, fix our relationships, fix our um, finances, like whatever it is when we're constantly working to try to fix things because we think that that which is out there and that is like the imbalance is out there, then we're constantly in overactive drive of fix it mode and just that chronic stressful thinking, or I would like call it stressful thinking or just call it overthinking um, because thinking is stressful. (laughs) And and especially when we get really engaged in there and kind of push the gas of our thought process um, and kind of grind the gears up there. Um, So to me, that's kind of uh, the fundamental underpinnings of the chronic stress response in our modern society is this constant um, figuring out stuff and fixing stuff and managing stuff rather than disengaging and knowing 
that we are always okay supported and we don't need to know everything and have all the answers immediately because all of the answers are constantly coming to us when we're in an open, clear, peaceful state of mind and we have exactly what we need when we need it. And uh, 100% of the time, at least in my experience. Yeah. In other words, rather than trying to change the world or chase peace, thinking that peace is something that we can create outside of ourselves that we need to go find, the real empowering medicine <laughs> is realizing that you are peace. Like yeah. you are at your core peace yeah. when your mind is in a clear state and the busyness of your thinking passes the only thing that's left is a state of peace is that default parasympathetic activation and while it may seem too good to be true it's not it's true <laughs> <laughs> and i think that's a beautiful place to end um, because, uh, of course, I, th I think the, the longer that we have these conversations, it, this was an interesting one, to be quite honest. I didn't really uh, uh, debrief Susanna with my intention. So we kind of came at this from two different angles. I really wanted to just talk about the science and understand the science. And Susanna obviously is, bring, is uh, bringing the important wisdom to it. I just got off a mindset call, so you, I'm you in did. a different place. You did. You're in a different place. <laughs> But the interesting thing is like the more we talk about the innate wisdom from a scientific perspective, the more we tend to activate the thinking that just naturally takes us away from, from the truth of the matter uh, and the peace that we are. Uh, so it's always, I guess, good to maybe have a practice, quote unquote, of doing nothing, mm -hmm. like doing nothing, allowing allowing ourselves to to be and uh, to be with uh, our essence, experience more of the, the essence of our true nature. Can I wrap up with a little announcement? Sure. Okay. Well, um, this is new that if these conversations with Wisdom Wednesday conversations um, are really kind of sparking some intrigue and inspiration and you're feeling like you'd like to realize more of your innate peace. Um, I'm starting to offer one-on-one -on -one coaching calls just cool. on this very topic, different from my naturopathic consultation. So if you're interested, just reach out and uh, yeah, would love to love to get to know you. Sounds good. <laughs> Thanks for hanging with us for another uh, Wisdom Wednesday episode and feel free to leave any comments or feedback. We appreciate all of that and look forward to staying connected and seeing you guys next time. Mm -hmm. Bye for now.